This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays, with a refreshing strawberry lemonade twist. It's Natterdays. They're going to run and get that boot. The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season. A baseball team that's on the way back, a college world series title. Stadium. I almost got fired because I went Willie the boss after I had a little too much sauce. This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. We're over past the halfway point of June. And then once we hit the end of June, it's going to be the halfway point of the year of 2019. I'm telling you, when you get older, time flies a lot faster. That's a, that's a, that is a <laughs> I've been telling true, you that since you arrived here. It's a true statement. I mean, it seems like just yesterday... Uh, we were just talking about how cold it was outside, and then you know we're oh, no. we hit this point in summer solstice. You know what summer well, solstice is, right? Well, I used to argue just to to ar- for the sake of arguing with Ruskin that it was the longest day of the year. And he's like, no, still twenty four hours. But do you have a different definition? <laughs> no, because no, no, every no, no. winter, it's... every winter when it was December twenty first or whatever, yeah. I would say it's the shortest day of the year. No, it's still twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the least amount of daylight. I guess well, this is the most amount of daylight. Yes. Yeah, that's the sun will be out for the longest. It was nearly, it was after 9 o'clock before it got dark last night. Yeah. We were out in the yard doing some stuff and getting some work done. And just, anyway, just it was, a long, it was a long day yesterday as far as daylight. So Yeah, well, according to, you know, us and us humans that go by a 24-hour clock, yes, it is well, the I mean, same amount of hours that go in the day, but... If we were back in, you know, the olden times before clocks when you had sundials and whatnot, you would consider this to be, hey, this is the longest day of the year. Farm kid's nightmare. He gets he gets light at 5.15 in the morning and doesn't get dark till 9 o'clock at night. Yep. More time to work. Wonderful. Yep. More time to work on the farm. So, yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know. I've, in the olden days. Well, I always thought it was fascinating because it's like, what causes, like, what, who came up with the summer solstice? Who came up with that? Big, the big man upstairs. Well, I, I don't think he... No, there's not anything in the Bible that says, hey, we're going to call this summer solstice. I'm just asking from the actual definition of it all. That's that's what I'm asking about. I know that, that it's going to be the longest day of the year from sunlight goes, but mm-hmm. the rest of it, I don't know. But that's coming up in a few days. We still got a few more days of this uh, it, long days. Okay. Because the official is what, tomorrow? That's right. The official beginning of summer? Yes, and it also is summer solstice tomorrow. Yeah. So it all, it all goes hand in hand. I like summer solstice. I like it when it's lighter outside for a longer period of time. Right. I'm all about that. So You know solstice is like one day, right? Yeah. Okay. But I'm saying when, like today, it's not solstice, but it's still going to be... It's pretty close to it. Yeah, pretty close to it. The closest you can get to it. So that's all I'm saying. It's better than winter solstice when... <laughs> Every yeah, gets December, dark, it, it gets dark, dark at, at five. Yeah, even if doesn't even get daylight till seven in the morning and it's dark at five a.m. Yeah, or five p.m. Yeah, it's the last thing you want. So, uh, e- either way, though, it is summertime, and I know that a lot of people are going to be really starting to take their vacations. You got the Fourth of July coming up. There's a is lot there, of fun stuff. Is there going anything on. better though than being on the lake? Doesn't matter what lake, any lake at sunset. I don't have a lake house, Tommy. So I, I don't know. know. I don't. Yeah, either. we wouldn't know. I don't have a lake house either. So. I don't know. But I just like being out on the lake. Oh, what would your house be considered? Well, it's not on a lake, so it's not a lake house. River house? Yeah. It's oh, a river house. Sorry. Yeah. I get too confused sometimes. Yeah. My bad. You can go get in the river all you want. The water's 48 degrees year-round, so help yourself. Well, hey, if it's 100 degrees outside, it's nice to kind of cool <laughs> it, it, off it will, a little bit. It will cool you off. Yeah, very quickly. But as far as the times that I have seen a sunset on a lake. Any sunset on the lake is just great. 
Is it better than a sunset on a beach? You know, because when you go to the beach, where you're located isn't always... The sunset may be, you know, off behind some buildings or not out over the right. water or it's going the other direction or whatever. So at least on the lake, you can probably position yourself or be in line to see the sunset over the water. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd say a sunset on the lake is better than the beach. Ooh, I don't know. I, now, I, agree, it, I agree with you on the logistics of like it. Like when but. I was in Mexico in March... You didn't get a sunset on the beach. You got a sunrise. You had to get down there and some gorgeous sunrises. Did you see those? Every morning because mm. I'm, I'm afflicted with this inability to sleep in because we do this every morning. So like sleeping in when I normally, you know, the alarm goes off at 430. Even when I don't set the alarm, yeah, 530, 6, I'm up, you know, it's an affliction. Up and ready to go. For the I don't day. know if I'm ready to go, but you your know, eyes are open. These, this idea of sleeping till noon is not ever going to happen. Yeah, I've I've just accepted that from now on. That's fine. You know what? You get a lot more done that way. You keep saying You're a that. more productive human being that you way. You keep saying that. Mm-hmm. Still trying to find out if it's true or not. It is true. <laughs> well, you haven't led me astray before, Tommy. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and go that uh, go with it that you're telling me the truth. But is but, Nick is Nick coming by later in the show? That's that's what the uh, police report said. I, um, <laughs> I hope we get Lisa in Northeast Arkansas. To dial us back today while Nick is here. Yeah, because they can sit there and talk shop. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, she may have she may have some helpful, useful information for us on Nick Mason. And by helpful and useful, I mean stuff we can blackmail him the, with. The dirt, huh? You know, <laughs> since he's a Jonesboro guy. Yeah, I think that might be the first. I don't remember very many callers from Northeast Arkansas. A, because we don't have an affiliate, but this whole internet thing has changed the world. But we don't have a, ra- a terrestrial radio affiliate in Jonesboro. But we're glad Lisa and her fellow Razorback fans in Northeast Arkansas have found us on HitThatLine.com and are listening. Yeah. And as I found out last night, she's also a big fan of our Facebook page, where she's, Good. she left some comments and said that Great. she was really appreciative of us taking her call. Well, Which she's, always, she's welcome anytime. Always wondered, like... I don't know. When people say, we, I appreciate you taking my call, it's a very nice gesture. It's, mm-hmm. it's very courteous. But mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, we're weeding out people and just saying, okay, well, you got to meet a certain standard for us to be able to take you on the phone line. Well, that's the idea that we gave Ty when we hired him as the call screener. But, well, that hadn't worked out too well sometimes. And we all, we all know about that. But it but just always has fascinated me in sports talk radio when that happens. When people are saying, well, thank you for taking my... Because Eddie in Clarksville Thank you for it. taking my call, and thank I'll you. hang up and listen. Yeah, I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> First time caller, long time listener type stuff. Yeah. You know, the, all the old mottos of sports talk radio and their callers. I've just well, always found that fascinating that they thank you and appreciate yeah. you for taking their call. Long time caller, first time listener. Like that one, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd all be gentle Ben. <laughs> all of them. We haven't heard from him in a while. I know it. There's a few of them we haven't heard from him. Gary Narcadelfia we haven't heard from know. in a while. I don't know what's happened to Gary. Just the football team needs to I'll say upset this. him again, and he'll call back. Eddie calls on a regular basis, and there's some routine to his call as far yeah. as the way it's going to go. But but half of you love it, half of you hate it. You know, part of you think we shouldn't take his calls. We're not we're not getting into that game here. When Gary calls, and it's not often, I wish it was more frequently. He makes it count. Every single time. Yeah. Well, that, like he, in fact, I don't even care what we're talking about. He never about. has a bad call. 
We're about to interview Chad Morris. We may tell Chad and Coach Chad Morris, hey, hey listen, uh, call, yeah, hold on for 15 minutes. Let yeah. us. Uh, let you us might want to hear this. Uh, just stay on hold. Hang on, stay on hold and listen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we may do it that way too. So, but, uh, but yeah, so there's particular callers. That, but Lisa yesterday was awesome. So I hope she uh, continues to call in and continues to uh, listen into the show. So I like mm-hmm. I like having that. Now uh, you fired up for the draft tonight? Nope. Well, there you, you go. Uh, I am interested in what. What becomes of Daniel Gafford in this draft? But there is no suspense at the top, really. I guess we know Zion's going one to New Orleans, and then unless there's some kind of crazy, I guess trade. they're trying to talk you into some kind of suspense on who's going to be two or three. But it's going to be probably one of those. I mean, those guys are either going to go. I don't think there's much suspense though. Top four or five spots. No, R.J. Barrett. All, I mean, every, we you know no, we've all ramp. seen the mock drafts. Yeah. I, you know. The NBA draft, probably more so than anything, is just me looking on Twitter and seeing who gets drafted where. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going to watch the, it, though. The draft's a bigger deal when you have more Razorbacks in in the mix. And th- this year, you have a Razorback in Which the mix. Which is more than usual, because <laughs> exactly. they haven't had anybody drafted since Bobby Portis. And before Bobby Portis was who? Ronnie Burr? Before that? Mm-hmm. It's amazing can't. to me, though, some of the former Razorbacks, like a Patrick Beverly, that that had to go a different way to get there, but have had very, very good NBA careers. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Beverly would have to be in the top 10. I mean, I don't know how you want to define some of that. I, I think Moncrief, Sidney Moncrief, said the kid probably has had the best career of any former Razorback in the NBA. Anyone disagree with that? I can't, no. And then beyond that, who would be... Joe Klein would probably be. I mean, he was around the league a long time. Probably didn't have as much of an impact, but was on was on the bench at least for a lot of those great Bulls teams, or, or a couple of them at least. Joe Johnson was a great individual player, made a lot of money, but he was never like, you know, he was never on a championship team or anything. But like Patrick that. Beverly, you start looking at the number of meaningful playoff games he's been in, and how good the teams he's been on have been. As far as, you know, was he one of the best 10 Razorbacks ever? No, not trying to say that. I'm just saying of all the Razorbacks that went on to play in the NBA, he's got to be, I think, in the top 10 as far as careers. Well, he, there's not a lot of, to choose from. Let's just be We're honest. We're not talking about money. You know, Joe no, Johnson yeah, money. wins that. Yeah, but far and away. But, yeah, just as far as the actual game itself and the impact that they had on the game and, and on their team. Talking about Corliss, he won the sixth man award, but he, you know. Depends on how you want to look at that. But. There's just not a lot to choose from, honestly, yeah. which is crazy considering that Arkansas has had a great history in basketball and some great players that came through it. The transition into the getting to the NBA has not been there. I mean, you look at that championship team. I mean, how many yeah. players from that championship team went on to do something yep. in the NBA? You had to mention Corliss. Corey Beck had a cup of tea as well, but right. that was it. And in Charleston reminds me, Scott Hastings. Yeah. So, I mean, Daniel Gafford could certainly have – the kind of career that might be in that group or near the top of that list. And I think the way he runs the floor is going to make him a very attractive mm-hmm. um, player to a lot of these teams tonight. Yep. It's also funny, too, because a lot of the best players from Arkansas didn't even go to Arkansas. Scotty Pippen, Derek mm-hmm. Fisher, just yeah. to name a couple. Well, that'd be UCA and UALR right there. Mm-hmm. It's probably people right or if now. If you want to make him mad, call him Euler. You know, yeah, which or Larue if you're going from way back when, back when they were Little Rock, Arkansas University, but uh, but yeah, they uh, 
somebody's probably t- taking the stance of, well, that means that they have better basketball programs and better development of talent down there than the University of Arkansas. Somebody's going to take that take. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays, a light lager brewed with a phenomenal strawberry lemonade flavor that's perfect for bringing the fun to every occasion. The new Natural Light Natterdays. Touchdown, Hogs! Holy Hog! This deal was, it's from inside the team. It's a Twitter account that allows players empowerment to submit their stories or their lines or their quotes or whatever. At, I wouldn't say it's like the Players Tribune, but it's a, it's a knockoff of it all. Well, anyways... And a lot of cases in the tweets that they put out, they put out quotes from anonymous players about coaches, about other players, about whoever. Well, last night on this Twitter account inside the team, a former Razorback football player who wanted to remain anonymous put out a pretty lengthy quote about Chad Morris and his feelings towards Chad Morris. Former Razorback Razorback player. player. Not a current one, former one. And it's not too long, but I will read it in length so that way you have some context. It says, quote, Coach Morris has a high football IQ, but does a lot and does a lot to try to develop professional young men, not just football players. With that being said, Chad Morris did not try to develop any type of relationship with his players. Players hardly hear from him or see him unless there is a camera rolling. He constantly says one thing, but then does another. No players trust that he wants what is best for them as a person or as a player. Our team under Morris also lacked competition. He and his staff had predetermined the starters from day one of spring practice. It didn't matter how bad one of their selected players performed in practice, the weight room, the classroom, or in games, and our record of 2-10 and 10 reflected that reality. All of these statements are true for scholarship players, but the way Coach Morris treated walk-ons was even worse. The first thing Coach Morris did was separate the walk-ons in the locker room by placing them all on the back wall of the locker room while the scholarship players were grouped by position in the rows of lockers. The coaching staff consistently took every opportunity that was presented to belittle walk-ons and reminded them that they were second-class citizens in this program. Overall, Coach Morris could be a good coach because he has good ideas but he mostly needs to learn how to improve his relationship with players so this was a walk-on from last year clearly hey, yep that's most going to be my first don't and need, foremost don't need colombo for that one nope this is a, a walk-on because uh, heaven forbid that they move the walk-ons to a different area of the locker room i mean should it matter if you're a walk-on i mean there's scholarship players that produce less than walk-ons yeah i mean to me, it's about what are you producing. Yeah, I don't care if you're a scholarship or a walk-on or whatever. But, but is it really I, that, that? Those aren't that stuff. Isn't the concerning part? It's the lack of. If true, he lacked to build relationships. Now, again, I would say this individual player probably didn't develop a relationship with Coach Morris. He's only around when the cameras are rolling. He says one thing, does another. Those are the things that alarm me out of that. If true. If true, clearly there. I mean, again, this is a a person willing to make a bold statement, but keep it anonymous. That's not even on the team, Mm -hmm. not even involved with the program any longer. Yeah. And and let me just say, I don't have much respect 
for players or people that do things like this. For instance, I just it's one thing if you come out and you put your name to it, but to take this shot without yeah. putting your name to it is what what does what purpose does that serve exactly? I mean, what's the point of that? And it's a former okay. It's one thing to come out and say this if you're a current player, like not putting a name on it. That's I, I can yeah. see the reasoning behind that, but for you to be a former player, no yeah. longer affiliated yeah. with the program, and you don't have the stones to put your name on it, then you kind of reach into the year territory, which is, it's, I don't think it's acceptable. It's I, it's for, it's, that's the biggest thing. I it's taste, a former player. I taste sour grapes here. Yeah, and, and that's why it's, it's. I'm not saying that all this is 100% false, because I don't know, but it, it is just disappointing because well, somewhere you, in there is some truth. Well, yeah. Now, I, how much, I mean... There's always some truth buried in this stuff, right? But when you when he was mentioned about how he didn't want to get develop any relationships with players, okay, I, did I that find mean that hard to believe? None with any? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's like you're what? now with a walk on. Okay, maybe you didn't get to see him as much. Maybe you didn't get the conversations and attention that you wanted with the head football coach of an SEC football program. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. But everyone has their style. But for you. For that to be something that's thrown out there and, and how good Chad Morris and his staff is at recruiting and how they always talk about building relationships in recruiting, I have a hard time believing that the players, he does all that in recruiting, but once they get on campus, eh, I'm not going to talk to him. I don't care about him, whatever. I have a hard time believing that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that that part of it is probably a little exaggerated and also, when he said that he had, they had deter- predetermined the starters from day one, how could you have done that? Do you not remember the quarterback situation last year? <laughs> That's a good point right there. Do you not remember that they didn't have a full, like, the starter until game three or four? Didn't Cole Kelly start early and then Ty yeah. Story? And Ty Story came yeah, in and then, 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 then kind of Ty Story someone, started the next game and right, Cole Kelly came right, in. Right, it kind of alternated. It doesn't sound predetermined to me. I, I feel like that's the complete opposite of predetermined. Yeah. And I felt like there were other players that, you know, it wasn't predetermined on the starters because you had a lot of players from that got moved around, switched around, given opportunities. So, you know, it's just it, when this was going around and, and I see these comments again, I'm not big on it when it's a former player and no one puts their name to it. But it, it does make you curious of like, because I think the, the biggest thing that interests me, interests, interested me was the quote when he said it didn't matter how bad their selected players performed in practice, the weight room, classroom, or in games. Our record of 2-10 and 10 reflected the reality that his team lacked competition. Now, that's not, competi- that's not necessarily just saying competition and you know, who, who is winning what position, but just competition in general. They lacked Competition comp- or competitiveness. Those words are close, but they mean different things. Yeah. But could you substitute? Could you see being a substitute of competitiveness as well? Well, I, could I, mean, yeah, I mean, to me, I think that's what they were trying to say there is a record of 2-10 and ten because this team wasn't competitive. You know, a good indication of why you're of, going 2-10. and ten. Didn't have a lot of fight in you. Yeah. But, th- I mean, isn't that something that we all saw pretty? Yeah, I mean, that, again, don't need Columbo for that. Yeah. I, I mean, it was very clear, abundantly clear. At different points in the season, but, that there were particular players, and even the but group let's of not pretend that, like this was a highly talented team. A, no, a, a great roster that just lacked inspiration. No, <laughs> you know? no, it, it was not just some. They just need. They just needed two, the right. right. Two, two and ten could have been what four and eight, maybe with some of these other things turned around. 
Well, the, the Ole Miss game and Colorado State game are the ones that you had big leads in blue. So, right. yeah, at least those. Mm-hmm. I mean. North Texas should have never happened. but Yeah, and who knows what happens if you play, not saying one way or the other, but if Cole, if I don't think Ty Story comes in and throws four interceptions like Cole Kelly did. That's yeah. all I'm saying. But, you know, that's it's all hindsight when it comes to that. But I just find it fascinating that when, first off, the timing of it all and just, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at it in the wrong way. I just feel like this is more about some of the culture that Brett Bielma left behind too, of how everybody's buddy, but everybody's just you know holding hands and you're, no matter because he had a special place in his heart for walk-ons. If you remember Brett Bielma, he would give scholarships to walk-ons like they were going out of business. Some of them were deserved. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. some of those walk-ons deserve that. I think because uh, didn't if I'm correct if I'm wrong, but didn't Dre Greenlaw start off as a no? It wasn't Dre Greenlaw. I'm trying to remember who it was. Nope. Um, It'll come to me. But there was a walk. They had a couple walk-ons that actually played significant snaps and mm-hmm. ended up being good players. But there are other times where it was like, you know, probably shouldn't have given that guy a scholarship. Probably should have waved it up. But there was a particular special place for those walk-ons yep. where, in, in this case, it may not be the same way with Chad Morris where he's like, listen, well, we need walk-ons. We want he offered walk ons or practice players. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he offered scholarships to walk ons with the videos that were shown too. So right. I mean he's done that. But let's also be honest, nothing against the walk ons, but if you have a scholarship open and available, you probably wanted to give it to a four star high school player that's right. coming out that uh, can really help you contribute right away, too. So that was my whole point with, with the walk on deal and all that. But I just thought it was it was fascinating that they that he wanted to take that route either way. But uh, still something. Let's go to the uh, phone lines. James is in Van Buren. What's going on, James? Not much, man. So when I sit here and I look at this in business terms, if you've ever been through a, like a high-level or senior-level uh, management change, people that you are wanting out of your system, a lot of times they're kind of ostracized. And Brett Bielema's way of football was completely different than Chad Morris's. So therefore, more than likely, the walk-ons were not going to fit in his program, some of them. And I believe the walk-on that got a scholarship was Hayden Henry, if I'm not mistaken, and one of the kickers. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was his polite way of saying, hey, guys, you don't really fit into this program. We think you probably need to transfer without really saying it, if that makes any sense. Right. No, and well, and it could have been, because like I said, we don't know the the conversations that were had. We don't know if there how much truth there is, if any of this is true or anything like that. But I, I just, you know, it's fascinating to me and just how some of these things that are coming out or some of the things that were said, it's like I can kind of see how that could happen. But it also, anytime someone is just throwing quotes out anonymously after they've already left the team, which looks like it's probably a walk-on, it could just be that just that, sour grapes and trying to throw some shade at somebody on your way out too. So it's just really difficult to see exactly Absolutely. what's all true here. It, it could be as well. You know, it's one of these uh, players that were having problems in the classroom or out off the field. And, you know, hey, like you said, they got a sour taste in their mouth and uh, they're going to throw everybody under the bus on the way out. Yeah. And it's unfor- but anyway, gentlemen, I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, James. Unfortunately, I, I don't know. I, feel, I kind of feel like that's the case, too. But I, don't, I just don't like the anonymous thing. That's, that's yeah. also the thing I don't like more than anything. Anonymous being gone from the program, mm-hmm. all that. So. Who is it? Athlon, one of these preseason magazines does anonymous quotes yeah. from other Athlon. coaches within your conference. Mm-hmm. And I find those very interesting. Yes. And but it always makes me wonder how like 
Isn't actually a head coach that's saying those it, things. It's an assistant you coach, that, yeah. yeah. It, but it's a coach I nonetheless. I doubt it's a head coach. No, I, I do too. But it no, those do fascinate me. But I don't think they'd ever say anything like this type of deal and going off and just saying. Some of them are pretty. Some of them get pretty. You know, some of them get right down on the nerve. Yeah. Some of them are throw, throwing some serious stones over there. Mm-hmm. But I still don't like the whole anonymous player thing. But I, I wanted to bring that up and uh, and talk about that as well because yeah. I mean, if that's true. And you really hope it's not if you're a Razorback fan, but if it ends up being true, it could spell disaster for the uh, coming years under Chad Morris. That's uh, for just sure. gotta have you got to have a a culture of trust, and the players have to have a, a level of trust with the coaches that they care about their best interest. Yes. And if there's and a foremost. feeling amongst the players that these coaches really don't care about our best interest as players, that's hard to build a winning culture. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays. The new beer of the summer with a refreshing strawberry lemonade twist. Natterdays, fun for every occasion. They won't catch him. Alex Collins is going to take it all the way to the house. It is Thursday. It's Thursday. What are you talking about? That's the, that, isn't that the donut day? Is Thursday? Man, look. You're... You're flying from country to country. Oh my God! Beautiful women around. You definitely forget about Thursday breakfast. <laughs> Where you been out of the country? I actually wasn't even in town when you called me. I didn't call you. Where were you texting me? Yeah. Where were you? What do you mean you've been all over the country? Where, where have you been? Oh, you know, I've been a few places. Okay. Seen a few things. Give us some details. Oh, yeah. Is he going to tell us where? Off the air or? No, we want to know. I mean, this isn't you know. The audience wants to know where yeah, you been. I've been to a couple places. Went to China. Okay. Uh, been to a few cities that I can't pronounce in China. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, um, went to uh, went to Mexico, Puerto Vallarta. Okay. Beautiful. How was that? Beautiful. Oh, man. Right. Trying to go back. All right. Yeah. That's on one of my, it's on a, not my bucket list, but that's on a, uh, it's on a list of places I'd like to go. There specifically? Or? Puerto Vallarta. Okay. Because, I mean, I'm sure you've been to Mexico. Once or twice. Yeah. I think you've been or, twice or, this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hush, John. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> well, it's good to have you in, Nick. It's been a while, but it's, it's fitting that we have you in because, obviously, with the NBA draft happening tonight and Daniel Gafford looking to get drafted to be the first Razorback since Bobby Porce to get drafted tonight. You know, isn't it kind of weird, though, that we have to say that? that it's been the, First off, it's been that long since you've had a player drafted, but also, just in general, Arkansas hasn't had a lot of players drafted into the NBA as a program, as a whole. And I think you can correlate the lack of postseason success a little bit yeah. with that. Now, I know you can go find other teams out there that have that have made different runs, but even if you go back to those Butler teams that people, people like to, for some reason, bring up, well, if Butler can make it to the national championship, do they make it twice? They made yeah, it back twice. to back, yeah. If Butler can make it to the national championship back-to-back, Arkansas, or actually plug-in team that you're rooting for here. So if Butler can make it to the national championship back-to-back, plug-in your team right here, we can do it too. But you you know that Butler team had two NBA guys. Yeah. One guy that's on a max deal right now that had he had not gotten hurt, um, and before he got, he got hurt, he was projecting at about like, you know, 25-5-5 and five yeah. in Gordon Hayward. And then... Um, um, yeah, Mac. Mac. Yeah, and yeah. so like they had two per, two pros on that team. So it's just man, it's tough to have a lot of success in this sport because if you look at if you look at all 
your favorite teams, if you look at all the teams that you had in your bracket late or the teams that you have in your bracket year in and year out, the common denominator in all those teams is what it isn't good coaching because some of these teams don't have very good coaches. It isn't it isn't the fan base. It isn't the school they go to the money. It is how many pros do they have on their team? How many guys do they consistently put in the NBA? And, you know, every year it's the same teams that are that are called out in the lottery. It's the same teams that have multiple people in the first round. It's the same people that go, ooh, like Duke, Carolina, and Kentucky just continue to break the record of the other one. And then the next year they break the record as far as how many guys you can get in the top three, the top five, the top ten, the top 20, the first round. It seems like uh, – it seems like that's uh, that's what happens. So no, I can definitely see why um, Arkansas hadn't had a uh, hadn't had a lot of or and they've had success, but haven't had the level of success that allows you to keep your head coach. And a lot of that has to do with you know you just haven't had a lot of guys get drafted. Let me ask you specifically about Daniel Gafford. Obviously, he's going to get drafted, but where he gets drafted in the NBA draft tonight is going to be up for debate because I've seen some mock drafts, and everybody seems like they got a mock draft. Somebody had him at 50. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw that. I saw that some people had him like late first round as well. I mean, it's kind of all over the place just from what you've seen or what you think. What Where do you believe he ends up just kind of in the range, maybe a team or something like that? Let me ask you a question first. At the beginning of this year, did you think there was any chance that Daniel Gafford would 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 not be in the first round? No. None. None. In fact, there are a lot of people that would have bet, oh, yeah, he's for sure going to be lottery. Because, you know, at the beginning of the year, he was like between five and eight. Yeah. People were very high on him. So, so what happened? We have to <laughs> stop this notion of it does not matter where you go play basketball at. And, of course, there are going to be people that start to roll their eyes and go, oh, here goes Nick again trying to apologize for Monk. But we have to, like, Gafford was 5-8. to eight. Now, if I'm if I'm wrong, I want one of y'all to correct me, but at the beginning of the year, he was projected to go 5-8. to eight. And there's nobody in this room that would have bet anything that Daniel Gafford wouldn't for sure be a first-rounder. And somebody sent me a text message yesterday saying he could go between 40 and 50. So what happened? Well, that's what – because he wasn't projected between 40 and 50 at the end of the season. And he wasn't – and he was going to go first round last year. Right. So what happened? So has it been his – has it been the the lack of success – Well, is it the lack of success at Arkansas or the way he's performed in the combine and all these private workouts and all of these things have have left teams a little less than enchanted? So which is it? Everything I see, and I know y'all have seen the same report, it starts off with Arkansas didn't use Daniel Gafford right at you know during the season. Now, is that Dan's fault? Is that Mike's fault? Is that, you know, Coach Zimmerman's fault? Whose fault is that or whatever? Uh, you know, you kind of have your hands up in the air, but everything that I see says he was not used correctly, and you know, nothing really points towards team success everything points towards him as an individual what dan is is he's a shot blocking rim running big and for those of you that don't know what rim running is run straight to the rim and catch lobs so shot blocking rim running big that doesn't defend well out on the perimeter well guess what dan was doing this year posting up on the block and defending on the perimeter yeah and so now once again did mike and those guys have a conversation with him hey dan this is what you're gonna have to do if you come back so 
you don't need to come back if you can't do this and he didn't work on those things? Or did they put him in a bad in a bad position to you know, just just they put him in more of a team friendly, not individual friendly, and they put him in a bad spot. I don't know. I, just everything I'm reading says that he could have gone as high or higher last year versus this year. So we have to stop with this notion of two things. One, I think a kid should leave any time that you're mentioned in the first round, you should get out of here. Every single time. Because more times than not, it does not pan out. That's one. And then number two, we have to quit saying, oh, well, it doesn't matter where these kids go. They're going to get drafted where they're going to get drafted regardless because that is not true. Yeah. If he goes 50th or anywhere close to that. Oh, my goodness. Mistake leaving early, right? Particularly now that you know it. Muscleman's oh, here. Early. Uh, hey, that's actually a good point. I, I mean, not knowing. I didn't I, think I mean, about that. In hindsight, knowing that Mike Anderson's not I didn't here. I actually think about that. An NBA kind of, I mean, Musselman's an NBA guy, right? Oh, yeah. He's got the All experience. Right? So if he if he indeed go, goes that low, it's a mistake that he left early. Because I would believe a year in the pace and space system of Musselman, who, who is bringing in a guy like, Connor Vanover, who may or may not play this year, but wants him to take shots from outside, utilize big guys in different ways. How much higher, how much more utilized in the skill set could Daniel Gafford have been in a system like Musselman's going to bring here? I didn't think about that. And if he goes 50, he could definitely. So, so the reason, how much could you go from right, 50 to what? Right. The Maybe reason, not five, but you could go to 50 to 20. The reason he left, though, was because. They were thinking, and you know, I know a few of his people, and I, I actually know his agent. Um, but they were thinking he's going between twelve and, and I mean, and this, this was told to me. Oh, if if he slips all the way to eighteen, man, if he slips, mm-hmm. and so he had to leave because do I think one more year could have got him six? No, but just like you said, though, it's one of those things that. If he could have waited out and see if he if he ends up going actually if he ends up going in the second round yeah. I I am positive that if he would have came back another year he could have at least gone sure. in into the with second the current, round with the current right. setup right right if, right if Anderson but, staff stayed no I mean it was gonna be it's gonna be uh, the same thing but of course you know he left before Mike even finished coaching his last game yeah he, he so, didn't even play in the yeah, yeah. playing the last game right so. yeah I don't think he's going fiftieth though. Or anywhere close to that. I don't either, but I will say this. Uh, there are a few factors that... So, so his workouts, um, I mean, like, they didn't just jump off the page. But but now, he measured out great. Um, you know, of course, he can run and he can jump. And, yeah, I'm with you. I see those teams between, you know, 25 and... Or b- between 20 and 30, 20 and 35... I just don't know how 15 teams are going to look at him and be like... Yeah. The way he runs the floor is too gonna, attractive. Right. And I don't see him getting out of the first round. He won't be a lottery pick. He may not be in the first half. He may not be in the top 20, but I can't see him getting out yeah. of the first round. The NBA is about potential, and he has a lot of that. Bleacher Report has him as 40 right now in their, in their mock draft. Which Bleacher Report can't spell people's names. Yeah, right, so, so they're... I mean, they're they're not ever right. <laughs> but it's also one of the few but, ones that are yeah. free to look at, yeah, too, because no, yeah. it's not behind a paywall. Yeah. So there's only a few of them to uh, look at. But Man, 40. Yeah, that, uh. that would be quite a shock and quite a surprise. 
You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays. The new beer of the summer. It is a recruiting Thursday. Let's go to the phone lines and welcome in the recruiting expert, Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Good morning, Richard. How's it going, man? I'm doing well, guys. How about yourself? Uh, We're doing really well as well, and there's a lot of recruiting news that we want to get into with you. And first off, since we haven't had a chance to catch up with you since it happened, I wanted to ask you about Chandler Morris and and that decision and the fact that he's going to be coming to Arkansas. I know that that's been a question a lot of Razorback fans have had about him. Is if he going to go play for his dad and whatnot? Makes the decision. What would you make of the timing of it all and his decision to come to Arkansas when he had other opportunities elsewhere as well? I, well, I, I, for for the longest, I thought he was going to end up at Arkansas, and I, it it really basically came down to when he, far as why he made the decision at the time that he did, uh, was his, him being in Fayetteville. So that was the next time he was going to be in Fayetteville was uh, on uh, Friday and Saturday, and and uh, he just wanted to do it uh, with uh, you know his his dad and uh, you know the coaches around, so. Uh, that that was the reason for the timing, uh, as far as him and uh, you know Arkansas getting him on board. I think it's really big. Uh, number one, a lot of people that you know uh, think that you know because he's a coach's son, that's the reason he's getting a scholarship or whatever. That's that's totally uh, <laughs> totally false. The kid is legit. We've talked about him numerous times. I'm a big fan of uh, Chandler Morris. How well does this translate as far as his ability? To, on the next level, only time will tell. But I think uh, his uh, his potential is uh, as good as uh, just about anybody in the country, and I stand by that. I've seen him three times in camps. I've seen him one time in a game, and uh, he, he can make all the throws. He's got good arm strength. Strength not great, but good. Uh, he's very fundamentally sound, very good, uh, you know, as far as rollouts and very accurate uh on, on all of his passes. So, uh, and another thing uh, with him being from Texas and them hitting Texas so strongly, uh, I, a lot of those kids in Texas they know they know Chandler Morris. They they respect him. They understand how good he is. That only that is only going to help Arkansas in the next few years with him on board. As far as the recruiting part, some of the summer camps there in Fayetteville that the coaching staff hosts there on on campus are starting to wind down. They had the elite camp this past weekend. I know you've started to visit with. Some of the players. What what's some of the reaction and the responses you're getting now that uh, kind of the, the on campus uh, camp portion of the summer is, is starting to wind down? Well, you know, the, uh, the I tell you what, the satellite camps have really kind of put a dent on the on campus camps, uh, and uh, I think coaches are starting to see that. And you know, don't get me wrong, they had some good kids and they, they had uh, uh, good turnout. But the turnout is not as good as it was before the satellite camps came in into play. Uh, but still, uh, they like I said, they still had a good amount of kids. But uh, uh, the satellite camps, uh, you're seeing a lot of the kids just deciding to do that instead of going to on, on campus uh, camps. And and hey, that's you know if you're a college coach, you're wanting to get your, get the kids. Uh, on campus, not only to, to to see them, but also to be able to uh, show them, you know, what what you got on campus and your facilities and all that. But uh, Ethan Downs uh, was probably one of the top prospects that visited uh, during the uh, camp session last week. Uh, he's a 2021 tight end defensive end uh, from uh, from Oklahoma, six four, two hundred forty pounds, runs a legitimate four seven or so. 
very athletic kid. He uh, he was there on the for the elite camp on Saturday, and uh, got an offer from Arkansas. His tent. Uh, it's going to be tough to get him out of uh, Oklahoma, but uh, I obviously can't do it without offering. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Terry Wells, he, he was at the uh, lineman camp on Friday. He's an offensive lineman from uh, Wynn, 6'4", 280 pounds. Saw him, or, uh, not, didn't see him, but I, I, I noticed him back in the spring as far as his film. Very athletic kid, didn't do anything to hurt his stock. Arkansas hasn't offered yet, but I think he's one that uh, they're definitely, definitely uh, very interested in going forward. Probably want to see the first few games of his uh, uh, junior season uh, this coming uh, uh, coming up in the fall, and uh, wouldn't be surprised at all that he gets an offer at some point. Speaking with Richard Davenport, <clears throat> the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, right now on the Morning Rush. Richard, uh, getting with the running backs, you know, that's not really a position, in, at least in recruiting over the past few seasons, that's been an issue because you've had Raheem Boyd, of course, on this on this, uh, on this this roster. You have guys like Chase Hayden, Devois Whaley. It's not really been one of those positions that's had to get a lot of focus, but Arkansas did have John Gentry uh, commit a running back out of Texas last week. In fact, the same day that Chandler Morris committed. Wh- what do you make of him and his game, and what can Razorback fans expect out of him in the coming years? You know he, he he's not uh, he's not the sexiest guy as far as his offers offering list, but you know part of that's uh, due to uh, uh, the guy that he's in the backfield with uh, Zach Evans. He's uh, considered basically the number one running back in the country at his high school, and he gets the majority of the uh, carries. And uh, last year, uh, you know John had a very good season, and you look at his film and you're going, why why in more schools on him? I mean, he had a you know he had a decent offer list, but nothing that just wowed you. But I tell you what, he, he ran a ten seven two in the hundred meters, a very uh, very fast uh, kid who could play slot, could play running back. He's one of those guys that I think an offensive coordinator really likes because he could move to so many different positions on the field, not just running back. Uh, and he's got great acceleration. I know Arkansas feels like they got a steal in him. You know, only time to tell, but, uh, you know, if you're looking for speed, acceleration, and everything like that, uh, John Gentry's got it. So uh, I think uh, I think he was a good pickup, and uh, Arkansas thinks that he's going to be one of these guys that uh, a lot of people are going, so, uh, going to be saying uh, they, they were sorry not to, uh, you know, jump on and uh, try to get. Yeah. Hey, I want to shift gears and ask you about Daniel Gafford, NBA draft coming up tonight, a kid you covered, you know, you know all the way through his – his prep career and through high school and, and through his college career. Uh, big night tonight. And this is what all these players from the early days work towards is being drafted. How do you think tonight goes uh, for, for Daniel Gafford? Well, you know, I, obviously uh, you, you hope he goes in the first round. I, I, don't, I don't think, you know, if that's necessarily going to happen or not, but uh, he's definitely going to get his opportunity. And the first time you ever you, – probably saw him, and I don't know if you called any of his games, Tommy, or not, mm-hmm. but uh, you knew he was uh, something different as far as, you know, athleticism for a big man, and uh, he has a chance to uh, play in the league for a long, long time and uh, make himself some money. So, uh, you know, when you see a kid like that that's always done the right thing, and uh, just been a, just a good kid to deal with overall, you root for kids like that, and for them to have that big day where they uh, they – 
you know, get picked up by an NFL team or NBA team. It's 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 really gratifying, and uh, he's such a good kid. You're gonna, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a joy just to see uh, see who picks him up. Richard, I also want to keep on the basketball topic here. Obviously, with the staff finally getting settled in place for Eric Musselman and his and his guys, and I know that they added uh, another special assistant coach uh, yesterday with Hayes Myers coming from Nevada. Just what's an update on their recruiting situation, what they're looking at? I know there's still some guys that they're trying to add. Uh, Blackshear over from Virginia Tech, the transfer there. I know they're still on top. What can you give us an update on the basketball side of things in recruiting? Well, last week, uh, last week they were at the NBA uh, uh, Players Association top 100. Uh, the top prospects in the country, obviously, were there. And several of them, uh, Arkansas prospects. Moses Moody was one. You uh, uh, also uh, had Kyrie Walker. Uh, but there, there was a, uh, at least uh, a handful or so uh, kids that the, they're recruiting that were there this this weekend. Uh, a new event, that was a new new weekend. Uh, a new uh, uh, two-day period of evaluation for college coaches this year and this weekend and next weekend is another uh, new evaluation period for college coaches. They're going to be able to go out on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, I know Arkansas coaches are going to be out in, in Atlanta, Kansas City, and Minneapolis. Uh, uh, these are these are uh, evaluation uh, uh, camps that the NCA set up. They have four located throughout the country, and uh, Arkansas will be at least uh, at three of them. So, uh, a lot of the a lot of the high profile guys have kind of decided to sit this out, uh, uh, sit this weekend out. Uh, they, they uh, it's, it's, I've just uh, noticed that uh, that a lot of them, because they went to the NBA camp, they, they've decided you know there's no really no 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 need to to be seen again by the college coaches. So a lot of these kids that that uh, they'll be seeing are probably guys that did not uh, make the NBA uh, top 100. I know KK uh, Robinson from Bryant will be in uh, Kansas city and, and he's way up on uh, Arkansas's interest uh, level, you know, as far as their, their interest in him. So wouldn't be surprised to see maybe if he uh, does well this weekend, maybe he gets an offer. If not, then maybe, uh, you know, for peach jam or something like that, the next, the next time that they're able to go out for uh, evaluation. So, uh, but uh, no, they'll be out on the road uh, this weekend and next weekend too. And then uh, for uh, July the 11th through the 14th, will be the next one after uh, uh, next weekend. Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Always appreciate you hopping on with us, Richard. Have a great weekend, man. We'll catch up with you next week. All right, guys. Take care. Your number one source of local news and information you need. Like the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast? Check out the Halftime Pod at hitthatline.com.